Hello, thanks for stopping by Liberty Sessions, where we unpack one woman's entrepreneurial journey to help another woman launch her own. I'm your host, Netta Jones. Please join me as we start liberating dreams one episode at a time. Liberty listeners, welcome to the second half of my conversation with Agatha Achindu from Yummy Spoonfuls. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that episode, please go back. Her story is so moving and it's really interesting to hear how somebody from another country came to the U.S. armed with um, a little bit of money and a lot of know-how and really has put herself on the map. So you are hot on the advice trail. So we're going to keep it going. We're going to kind of transition a little bit into this part of the interview where we really talk about um, what you've learned, the advice you can give to people who are listening, who regardless of if they're in the food industry or not, can really learn from, from your expertise as a businesswoman, not as necessarily somebody who's in the food industry, but just more generally as an entrepreneur. So I want to talk to you about the baby toddler industry in particular. This has been booming. It has no signs of slowing down. It's shown no signs of slowing down. Everybody is in the baby business. Why would somebody enter this market when it's so incredibly crowded? Um, And what is your advice for them as they try and make a space for themselves in the market? Like what should they again, maybe one thing you'd say, Hey, look out for this. And one thing you might want to say, be aware of this. So one is an opportunity and one is a, a warning. I would say it doesn't even matter what is the toddler space. Every space is crowded. The difference with the baby and toddler is that it's a market that's constantly revolving and evolving Mm -hmm. because babies are being born every day. The new babies become toddlers. Some other person is having a baby. So nobody at any given time can really say, I own this share. Yeah. Because new people are coming into the market. It's true. So every, anybody, you can, you can step in this space. The one thing that I would say, though, if you choose to start a business, it doesn't matter what business it is. Look for something that serves a need, starting with you. Like for me, I did the fresh organic food for babies and tarts because I wanted to see fresh organic baby foods, baby food for, you know, I wanted to see this in the market. Yeah. And I felt so strongly about it. So look for something that you would do for free. That's one. My little warning would be, whatever you choose to do, be authentic. Mm-hmm. People don't like um, feeling like you're trying to, um, it's just about, you're trying to play a game. You're not true to what you say you're doing. As simple as that sounds, if you say, I make clothing because I believe that clothing should be da, da, da. Right. That should be your mantra. It doesn't matter what side of the street you're standing. Yeah. And, yeah. and go out there and do it. 
And we can tell as consumers, we can tell when somebody's true to who they are and they're, it's not just clever messaging. It's when they, you, you believe that they are who they say they are because it shows up every time they create a new product, every time they create a new Instagram post, every time they, you read copy on their site, like you can just, because there is this sort of fake authenticity, like everyone's trying to be you know, transparent and authentic. And it's almost like it, it becomes a mission to be those things. And you can, people can read between the lines or people can see through those things. And so I think it's really understanding what makes you unique. I think that's one of the most important parts of your story. You understood because of where you came from and what you had to offer. You understood that that was an, uh, sort of an important part of the brand and an important story to tell. Um, so I hear you loud and clear, and I think it's a lesson again, that we can all learn how, how do we go back to those roots and really just be authentic to that. And then it helps to not complicate the different things that we offer. Oftentimes I see people not staying focused on what they initially wanted to offer the world. They start to, Oh, we can do this and we can do that. And I am guilty of that myself. And I think what you're saying is, no, it truly, it's a, it's a great lesson in, in that authenticity also, I think, keeps us really focused. Um, so there are so many um, people that, I, I said we're not going to talk about food, but I just need to talk about food. So many people who are successful in the food game and they have said, and I said even the Laura Barr story reminds me of yours because she started out with somebody sampling at a Whole Foods and they were like, oh my gosh, this is delicious. What, what was the value, do you think, of having an audience taste your food and validate back to you, this is delicious? And here's, here's why I think this is great advice for the listener. I think we don't, whether you have a product, a food product, or whether you have a service or you know, something that people can test in some way. I think there's a real value of being so sure of what you have to offer that you're willing to have people test it out and try it out. You can get feedback from it that can help you adjust and make the, you know, the difference that you need to make so that it's an excellent product. You give people freedom to, to buy things or to try things with very little um, skin in the game. So I want you to sort of share what, what do you think was about that, that taste and see what I have created moment for you? You just blew my mind. I'm going to say something before I answer okay. this question. So this was my marketing. Remember, as a startup, I had no budget for marketing. Sure. But the one thing that I would tell people all the time, whether it was Whole Foods or in a farmer's market, I'm like, I want you to try this product before you buy it. Mm -hmm. That's how confident I was. I don't want you to take it home before you try it. This is the sample. And every time I get somebody to try it, they buy a couple of cases. It was that good. To answer your question, whether it's food or a service, I just spoke, at, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to blow my hand. I, I'm serious that I had this conversation not too long ago at Hope, mm -hmm. Hope Global Forum when we were talking to small business owners. Uh -huh. So when you, we are all passionate about what we do, especially if it's like food. If you are doing something, if you make the food, 
take it to the farmer's market and have people buy it. Don't do it around friends because your friends will always want to be nice. It might be they taste something, they don't think it's really good, and they're like, oh, take it to the farmer's market. Even you say, you know what, I'll sell this just for a dollar. So people, because when people pay for things, they would give you their most honest feedback because in their mind, it's like, well, I paid for this. I'll tell you what I think. Yeah, I've earned the right to be heard. So it's always so important to to sample whatever it is that you're doing because then people, people who are not so tied to it can talk to you in a way about this thing from an angle that you never even looked at. You're like, oh, because we all think what we do is so fabulous because we feel so strongly <laughs> it's true. about it. Yeah, it's true. I almost feel like you have to put on your hat. That is, I'm not the founder, owner, whatever your role is. You have to put on the hat. That's like, I've just been hired here to take your, t- take notes from you. So just tell me the information you have and I'll take it back to the owner. It's like, you have to put on a completely different hat so that you can really receive that information in a way that is like, do you want to know something? Yeah. You want to oh know something so yeah, crazy? Tell me what you did. I think, yeah. Go oh for it. my goodness. <laughs> so for the first, until I got on CNN, I think it was 2011 when people really started knowing who was behind the brand. Yeah. I never said not once that I was the owner or the founder. Never. I love like people it. walk up to me. It's like, oh, are you the salesperson? I'm like, yeah. Sure. I'm whatever they want whatever me to be. Want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> did you do that on purpose, Agatha? Or did you just, it just never really dawned I, on you to introduce yourself as the founder? No. Was it out of humility or were you being intentional? No, I was actually... And which is, which is sad, but mm. it is our reality. And in the beginning, I used to be so emotional about it, but then I stopped mm. because I was just black. Mm. I, I remember when I remember contacting um, Baby Saras, and they're like, oh my goodness, we want you to come to a class and testing, and this is that. And I, I called a friend of mine, Isold. She is British. She came and she was the face, and I was just, the, you know, I was in the bag oh. making sure talking about the food. Yes. And I did that oh, for that years. That breaks my heart. Why did you think you, know, you needed to do that? Be- be- because it's just, it's, it's the, it's how, I'm, I mean, America is changing today. Sure. But that's how Amen. it just was yeah. because people couldn't for, for so long, even for people that I have mm. personally helped, they couldn't just believe that somebody like me, could come up with an idea like this and be making this kind of money in America. It's just the truth. Like people don't, like it's just, it's the reality. It's changing, not as yeah. fast as I want because there are people to be able, they will meet me somewhere with, you know, I'm doing the yummy thing. The first question that they would ask is, oh, are you the salesperson? I can't tell you how many times that somebody has really met me, wouldn't know me and say, oh, are you the founder? They don't ask that. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. But it, it saved, it saved me really well because I would have people tell me, give me their most honest feedback, thinking I'm a salesperson, like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever tried. And da, 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 da. You should tell them, you know, and I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm, uh, you made me cry. <laughs> um, oh, it's okay. It, it's okay. It, no, it it's is not, what it is. actually. But, um. <laughs> I so appreciate that um, you were able to turn that into a blessing 
And you are going to make me cry. And that now it's our job to make sure that everybody knows that Agatha started this company and that you need to be an example for women in general, for black women, for women coming to this country from another country. Um, They need to hear your story. So, woo! sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, this is what and happens uh, at Liberty. So, you, you know, I think for me, the part that was painful is that knowing that I'm doing I'm doing something so good, but I still had to hide because I was black. Yeah. That to me was what was painful because I was changing thousands and thousands and thousands of lives. Thousands yeah. of lives. But anyway. Ah, you're awesome. Okay. So... We're going to pull it together. We're going to come in for the win here. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, gosh, where am I? Okay. Um, when when people, well, let's, let's go back to, so you're, I think some things that our audience isn't going to know. So as the founder of Yummy Spoonfuls, you're also an educator, a writer, a speaker. You've talked about being on CNN and writing a piece for the uh, Washington Post and your media personality, I think a lot of people will enter into a space as a business person and then they sort of, they realize they've gained this expertise. Other people want to hear what they have to say. They, they're really a teacher and they become a conduit to, um, to so many people as to how to, how do I do this? How do you recommend um, our listeners parlay this expertise uh, into additional opportunities and even revenue streams? I assume that some of these things you're getting paid for as a writer, speaker, educator. Any advice on that front? I mean, for a business owner, that the one thing that any business owner has just by default of their experience is this, it's the, the ability to talk to others and help. If you can, and you should get paid for it. Yeah. However, though, you don't get paid in the beginning. I mean, I yeah. have been speaking for years. Last year, I went all the way to, I went to Holland to speak to the graduate, the graduate student at an international university in, in Amsterdam. So, but it doesn't just start like from day one. When you start speaking, That's you right. have to be realistic you're gaining experience in that forum as well. So they might not pay you or they might, it, it might be you just coming in free into the, into the event to speak. Yeah. I think the entire 2016, nobody paid me a penny yeah. to speak. But it becomes but, training for what you did in 2017, what you're doing for 2018. Yeah, it opens you up to yeah, a bigger yeah, audience. Um, yeah. You become not not just somebody who has an expertise in the food industry, but somebody who has an expertise yes. as a female, as an entrepreneur as a female entrepreneur. Rather. That is right. Yeah. That and, is right. And I don't think we've ever heard anybody say, Oh, my first speaking gig, I got paid. We hear very consistently. Yes, it's a good idea. Yes, try and create these opportunities for yourself to to be an expert and to get paid for that expertise, but know that it's going to come with a cost of having to do some things for free. And and also you sort of get your, you need those training wheels 
okay, what am I like in front of a small audience? What am I like in front of a medium sized audience? What about a big audience? How am I on a panel? I mean, you need those different experiences before you really understand, I think, your sweet spot. When women, as so many women and men will be after listening to this podcast, but when people are inspired by your story um, and they say to you, Agatha, I want to start a business. I want to start a business that's, you know, X, Y, Z. What's the first piece of advice you give them? My first piece of advice is look for something that you're passionate about. That's my first, my middle, my last, my, because (laughs) I think so many people are coming into business for different reasons. Oh, I don't like my day job. Or I think I want more independence. I want this, I want this. A lot of the things that we think we want is not what business provides. Business, starting a business is a heck of a job. And that's me just being very nice. It's hard work. The difference is if you really love it, it doesn't look like like anything else. It doesn't look like work. Yeah. Even though you're putting in 18 hours, sometimes Mm -hmm. 20 hours, I did it. There is no one day, even at my worst moments, that I felt like I was walking. Just it's because of how passionate I am about it. So I would say look for something that you feel so strongly about, that you really know that you would do this for free. Yeah, this is what I'm supposed then, to be doing, yeah. Yes, and then put in the time. Yeah. Success takes commitment. It doesn't matter what success looks like to you. It can never be done in like on the side. If you want it to really be successful, you're going to commit the time. Yeah. Drop away distractions and focus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be willing. It's not just time in a short period of time. It's not 10 and 20 hours during for a year. It's for a long period of time. It's a, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a race. Um, so That's right. You clearly um, running a company and having um, your sort of expert status that gives you all these other opportunities. You're a busy, busy lady and you're a mom. Um, what apps, third-party platforms, anything that you, it could be even pen and paper, what are some tricks that you have up your sleeve for sort of getting you through the day and the week and keeping you organized and efficient? Because I'm so old school, I'm 50. <laughs> I'm 52, so. Agatha. I mean, 50 as well, not 52. <laughs> uh, we have to, we have to. Listen, I know, the next oh time no, I'm you're, LA, yeah, you're we, coming. We, we I have already to. have plans yes. for you. Yeah. Yes. We, we are hanging. So I think for me. And you know, I was actually the, born in Africa. I'm, no, you lie. Where? I, I'm Egyptian. Yeah. No, I'm not lying. I used um, You know what? Yeah. Oh my goodness. We, we are going to, listen. Yeah. We have to get together. Okay. We have to sit together. This is, this just made my day. Okay. Now I'm so happy I did this interview. Yes. <laughs> and my so. mother who fasts for everything, who is a staunch Catholic as well, will love this interview. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am super excited. Okay. I'm glad. Okay. So, so keep going. What, what, what do you let use? Me, let me tell your... you what works, what okay. works for me. Okay. I in my home, the, for me, one thing that's very important is to make sure that we eat, as crazy as it sounds. So I meal prep. For anybody who is following me on social media, they would see Saturdays and Sundays, I grocery shop, we cook, I make food for the week mm-hmm. and put in the freezer. So when I'm going around, I don't feel funny. Okay. But 
I plan everything on the calendar. I still do old school because I'm not so savvy. Apart from sharing recipes, I'm not so so, so savvy. <laughs> but everything is scheduled. So I would say if you have an app that can do this, schedule everything down all the way to date night because it's so important that we you're not running around like a chicken with a head cut off. Mm. Mm. I schedule everything. And now I actually schedule my own time. Like I try to walk out at least five times a week. And except somebody is dying and they need my kidney, if I'm at home, I go to the gym at that time. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, nah, you just made me feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I want to say we we learn as we're going older. Mm. I am just at a place where I realize that for me to be my best, for me to help the world as I I keep trying to do, I I have to love me first. And loving me means really taking care of me, which physical activity, going to the gym, it's something that's important because I work so hard. I mean, in a week, I'm in LA, I'm back. I'm in San Francisco, I'm back. Then I'm in Dallas, I'm back. This is one week. Yeah. So if I don't, this is the one thing that when I go do, I feel myself getting distressed. Like I can breathe and I know that this is something that I do for me. This is my thing I like. For somebody is drinking coffee. For somebody is, is, going to, is going out doing something. For me, it's going to the gym. That's what makes me tick. So I do it. So it's planning. I don't have an app, I, you, but I schedule everything. So for somebody who is listening, if they know an app, look for an app. But schedule things. Every time you're thinking about something, put it on your calendar. So you have these reminders. It could be a reminder to drink water. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually good. A little a little uh, alarm that tells you it's time to drink your water. I love that. Um, That's right. Okay. So you have given us so much good stuff in this interview. And I just want people to find um, a little bit more information or learn a little bit more about you in a fun way. So at the end of our interviews, we always do this sort of, we call it our quick six. So I'm just going to ask you really quickly, six questions and just whatever comes to mind, give me that answer. So do you prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule? Nine to five. Okay. And do you prefer vacationing in the mountains or the beach? The beach. And do you like to work from home or in office? Office. (laughs) Do you like to work alone or with a team? With a team. And this is the hardest one. Do you like Thai or Mexican food better? None. African food. (gasps) Oh, yes. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) And then... So our podcast is called Liberty Sessions. Our brand is Liberty. Our URL is libertyforher.com. We are all about the um, kind of the concept of what does it take to liberate women in this entrepreneurial space? And so I'd love to hear from you. What does it mean for you to be liberated, Agatha? Ah, oh my goodness. I honestly, I just think this today this moment, this time where we are, to be a woman in America, even in the world, it's just, it's an amazing place to be with the Me Too movement and all what's going on. Uh, to, 
to be a woman in food, in the manufacturing space, mm. breaking boundaries, doing jobs today that, you know, in the factory that used to be a guy's thing just makes me feel so liberated. But I don't even have to do anything because of what, what I say, woman or a guy thing. Just being able to change lives, starting from nowhere, but just from the heart and moving mm. forward is the most liberating feeling to me. And there will be lots and lots and lots of people who, after listening to you in this podcast, will be liberated. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being honest and vulnerable. Thank you for making my day. <laughs> and I know the day of so many people who will be listening. You are an absolute gem and can't wait to have you here in LA and to meet you in person. Thank you so much. And I, um, we are going to make that happen. That's absolutely right. I am right. in LA That's way too many right. times. Okay. Yes. And Liberty yes. listeners, thank you for tuning in. And we will be with you guys again this time next week. Take care. Bye. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms. Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcast. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower. 